0: Church, you may be seated. How are we doing this morning? Everybody good? I'm happy to see you. My name is Luke, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel, and it is a wonderful day to get to worship our Savior. Amen, church? If you are anything like me in this regard, I'm reminded all the time that I need Jesus. Are you reminded every day, either through our own foolishness or stupidity or something else, that we need Jesus? We need Jesus. I need him this morning. I'm so thankful, church, that over the last 10 weeks that we've been able to look at God's law together. And I want to brag on you for a little bit. I didn't do this in the first service. I'm proud of them too, but... I want to brag on you. What we've done in the 10 has not always been fun. We've looked at the Word of God and and seen what God has for us, His children. If you remember the picture, God putting us on the couch and giving us instruction. And when a father gives a child instruction, oftentimes it's not fun, is it? And over the last nine, including today, it will be ten, the instruction that he's given has not always been fun. But I have enjoyed opening the Word of God with you and us all leaning in to what it has to say on the, the fun days and maybe the not so fun days. You have handled it so well, church, and I just want to brag on you. Thank you for loving the Word of God. The coffee mug passages and the ones we wish weren't in there, amen? We've got to love it all. So, thank you, church. This morning, we're going to look at number 10. So, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 20. Go to Exodus chapter 20, we're going to look at verse 17. And this will conclude it. Remember, God's putting his kids on the couch, and he's having a conversation. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else, that belongs to your neighbor. God gives the 10th commandment. Each week, when we look at these, we, we like to see how it fleshes out for you and I. Example, when, when God says, don't murder, we, we saw it and said, respect life. When God says in the 10th, don't covet, what he is saying to his children, I want you to write this down, he's saying to us, be content. Be content. Write that down. God is saying, Be content. I don't know the last time that I have driven through a neighborhood and said, I wish I had that donkey. Anybody? (laughs) Some of you in here, I don't know. I don't know. Looking to grow the farm. (laughs) But God is saying in the 10th, Be content. Be content. This commandment outlines our heart's sinful desire to lust after people, places, and things. God is telling His kids that there is going to be a bent in your heart that is going to make you look after stuff other than me. And God is begging His kids in the 10th to be content. There'll be a question on the screen. This is how I want us to think about it in the simplest form. What do they have that I want? What do they have that I want? Now, God, in his sense of humor, this morning on the way to church, it's about a nine-minute drive for me from Highway 70 to this wonderful place. And in those nine minutes driving down the interstate, not one, not two, not three, but four beautiful bass boats passed me by. I'm like, God, do you know what I'm going to talk about today? And then here you are, just rolling down this temptation right down I-30. And what he was saying, Luke, are you content with that 1999 aluminum boat? Are you content? I said, God, I don't know. I'm, really, I'm wrestling with you on this. I'm wrestling with you, but I get it. It floats. It floats, and sometimes it catches fish. <laughs> but let's let's go, let's go a little further with this. What do they have that I want? You ever take a Sunday drive and go through all those neighborhoods, looking at all those for sale signs of houses, and start to covet? Or maybe on a Friday afternoon you got a little bit of time on the way home from work and you pull through the car lot just to stare at all those cars and think I really want one of those. Really want one of those. Do Do you covet after things? How about this one? I wish my husband was more like him. I wish my wife was more like her. Let's take it a step further. I, 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 wish, I wish that my kids were perfect little angels like theirs. Let's tie a bow around all of this. I wish I had their life. Have we been there? That's what God is outlining in the 10th. In did, did you see what all he listed? The things that make up life, people, places, things. And he's begging, he's begging his children, be content. This commandment is describing our sinful lust, our covetousness, our heart's desire for anything other than God. And he's saying, please be content. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 comes from the English Standard Version. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness which is idolatry. We know how God feels about idolatry. If we go all the way back to the first commandment, this was outlined. And what I love about the first and the 10th, God is, is, is bookending the commandments. In the first one, he says, it's all about me. In the last one, he says, it's not about stuff. It's all about me. So when God said something twice in Ten Commandments, what he's saying is, I'm serious about it. What God is saying is, I am serious about where your affections lie, where your mind, where your heart go. God wants that to be consumed with him, not stuff. So this tells us one thing. God is very serious about this commandment and not coveting. But what does it really mean? Let's define it. John Piper writes this about covetousness. He says, it's desiring something so much that you lose your contentment in God. That's what this one means, desiring something so much that we lose our affection, we lose our love, we lose our joy, we lose our contentment in God. We think we need this. But God is jealous for us. He's saying it's only me. This commandment uncovers our heart's sinful desire for things. But I want to clear something up for us this morning, church. Many teachers, many pastors have used the word of God, maybe even this commandment, to shame people who are wealthy, to make you somehow feel bad, for having money and having stuff. That's not what God is talking about in this commandment. Having a nice home in a safe neighborhood is not evil. Having a nice, reliable car is not evil. Taking your family on that cherished vacation is not bad. So I want you to take a deep breath. Can we take a deep breath? (gasps) But here's where things can go sideways. The overwhelming desire for those things, that's where the danger lies. Did you catch that? The overwhelming desire to obtain stuff is dangerous. And that's what God is challenging us with this morning. Those things in and them of themselves are not evil. But where do they rank in your heart? How much of your time, how much of your energy, how much of your money is spent on trying to get that stuff? Is it consuming you? This can be the driving force behind our lack of contentment with God. I want stuff so bad that he falls in the list of priority. Let's flip it. God has fallen so far in priority that I have to fill the void with stuff. This is dangerous. This is very dangerous for a child of God. Let's look at the New Testament to see how we can get some help with the 10th commandment. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to read 6 through 12. And if you're one of those folks that love to highlight and underline in your Bible, I will encourage you to highlight every passage that we read this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 6 through 12, it says, Yet true godliness with contentment, there's that word, is itself great wealth. You want to be wealthy? You want to have it all? Be godly and be content. Amen? After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be what, church? Content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation And are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, there's that key word, craving. Craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Verse 11, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Paul, in this moment, is trying to persuade Timothy and everyone that Timothy will teach and everyone that will read the Word of God run from stuff. And I know what you're you're thinking, but we we never read the word covet. Well, the principle here is true. When when we're looking at money, that that craving, that sinful desire, that lust after things, the principle still remains. And what Paul does here in this passage of Scripture is that he, one, he gives us the answer to coveting. He gives us the answer. Then he outlines some warnings. He says, if you fall into this trap, this is what's going to happen to you. But he gives us the answer in verse 11. So make sure you highlight verse 11. Write the answer outside that. It'll be on the screen. The answer to coveting is the opposite of it. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. You struggle with coveting? This is your verse. God is saying, don't pursue things, pursue righteousness. Don't pursue stuff, money, wealth, possessions. Pursue me. That's the opposite of coveting, longing after God, not stuff. So Paul does a wonderful job sharing this with a a young man in the faith. He says, pursue godliness and faith. That's the answer. We need to understand this morning that this battle is a battle of faith. When we are tempted to covet, we are struggling with whether or not God is enough. I'm struggling with my faith. Is God really going to give me everything that I need? Not necessarily what I want. Is God enough? Will he provide? John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The words of Jesus. And here's what we really need to understand this morning, church. I want you to tune in. I want you to listen. The danger with coveting, it's a battle of faith. Is God enough? Will God provide? Is Jesus enough? And what I know about Christ, when he says this in the word of God, when he says, I am all that you need. Church, listen to me. Jesus is all that we need. Amen? He is it. And when Jesus says, those that are hungry, those that are thirsty, those that are in need, when they come to me, I am the only one that can fulfill every need that you have. Do you believe it, church? Coveting is a battle of faith. Do I believe that Jesus is enough? Ask yourself that question. And then look at all that we are so tempted to covet. Is Jesus enough? Now, this is the book in Commandment. In the first sermon, do you remember the question that we posed? It's going to be on the screen. If I didn't have blank... Would I still love God? This still rings true in the 10th commandment. Is He enough? Are you content with Christ and only Christ? Paul gives us the answer. Pursue righteousness, not stuff. In my home, I'm sure many parents can relate to this. When we have that discussion with our kid, when they come to you and they ask the question, Dad, can I do this? Dad, can I do that? Dad, can we go here? Dad, can we do this? And you give them the answer, no, and then they respond with what, moms and dads? Why? The age-old question. And because we love our kids, right, and we're good parents, we, we show them why, don't we, mom and dad? No, you said, because I said so, didn't you? But God loves us so much that he gives us the why. He tells us, don't covet. And then because he loves us, he he tells us why that's not a great idea. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the word of God, and we're going to get three things, three reasons as to why coveting is not that great of an idea. So God tells us not to, and then out of his abundance of love, he tells us, Why? So, the first thing that I want you to write down is that it never fulfills. It never fulfills. Coveting things will never fulfill. On the surface, though, we like to think that if I only had this, if I only had that, if I could just get this, that that my life would be easier. You ever fallen into that trap? If I could only live there, if I only had that many zeros in my bank account, if I just had this, if my kids would only do this, my life would be better. But we need to understand this morning that that stuff, it'll never fulfill. It'll never bring happiness. We only think that it will. That's a trick of Satan. Do not believe the lie. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. Let's read it. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Let's talk about this one just for a second. If you know anything about the Word of God, you'll know who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes a really rich guy named King Solomon. And you've probably heard it said before from the stage, if not, you'll hear it now, that he is the wealthiest man to ever live. And on the service, you think, okay, that's great, that's awesome. But he wrote this, a guy who had everything. Now I'm not just talking about you know, money, I'm talking about everything, possessions, wives, fame, money, fortune, you name it. He had it all in vast amounts. And what he says in the word of God is all of this stuff doesn't matter. All of this stuff, it'll never fulfill. I've got it all. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. So let's, let's learn from him, a guy who had it all. He says it does not matter. It will never fulfill you. That comes from Christ. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. We're going to read from the English Standard. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions you do not get your value from things do you hear me church you get your value through the person of Jesus Christ amen that's where your value's found it does not matter how much stuff you have or how little stuff you have. Your value is found in Jesus. We've got to understand that this morning, especially if we're tempted to covet after things. That stuff is worthless. It's empty. It's vain, the Word of God says. It does not matter. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 15 we all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. Church, if we can't take it with us, why should we waste our lives in pursuit of it? Why would we ever? The only thing that matters for eternity is your faith in Jesus. That's it. That's the only thing that will fulfill us. We've got to shake the lie of Satan that fulfillment comes in possessions and money and stuff. It doesn't. It only comes through Christ. I wrote this down in the simplest form I possibly could. Not for you, for me. It reads, things will let you down Jesus won't. I need things simple. Stuff will let you down. Jesus never will. The next thing that I want you to write down is this. It's a danger, remember? Coveting, it it stirs up other sins. Coveting, lusting, craving, stirs up other sins. Now, if we're being warned, if the Word of God says, if you fall into this trap, then it's going to lead to that trap, it's going to lead to that trap, and it's going to lead to that trap, I would stop and pause at the very first one and go, okay, God, what are you saying? Tell me, because I don't want to fall into anything else. God is saying, this sin can lead to so much more. Be careful. He's saying, children of God, be careful. Be careful. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, we'll read it again. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, right, that sinful desire for stuff, have wandered from the true faith. And pierce themselves with many sorrows. We're not going to get into it all this morning. but if we look at this through sound doctrine, what this is really saying is that those that are in pursuit of Jesus are in pursuit of things don't know Jesus. So those that are only consumed with stuff will earn themselves hell. Now, for you and I that have placed our faith in Jesus, we've got to look at this and go, there there are many dangers that lie when I only pursue stuff and not God. Let's look and see what Pastor James tells us. James chapter 4, verse 2. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. James describes the sinful bent of our heart when it comes to lusting after stuff. And what this pastor tells us is that we will scheme, we will do whatever to get that stuff. And those schemes, church, listen to me, those schemes are never godly. The schemes to acquire that stuff will never honor God. And I think we got a side note. We got to to talk about this for a second. I think Satan uses social media to tempt us in coveting more than anything else. Do you agree, church? Here's how this plays out for us. Not picking on anybody, picking on myself. Here's how this plays out for us. We've had a rough day, we're kind of low. We feel bad about our life, where we're at, the money we have, what we do, we don't have. We get on social media and we start to scroll. And lo and behold, Satan does something. Man, he posts that that, that photo of that new home that your friend just built. (sighs) Been there? Start to covet. Man, wish I had that. We had that bad day. We're unhappy with our job. We're unhappy with our life. We're unhappy with the business of, business of life. And then we jump on social media and we see that that family just got off that really awesome vacation. Oh, I wish I could do that. You ever been there? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Just myself. That's what God, or that's what Satan does in our life to take our affections off of God. He gets us to think about other things. And, and here's, here's just a, a plain warning to you, church. If you are somebody that struggles in this area, you struggle with coveting, lusting after what your neighbor has, and social media is a part of the struggle, listen to me. Get off of it. Stop looking at it. It's only for your destruction. Satan is using it to draw your affections away from God. You think, I have to have that to be fulfilled. And what do we just learn? That this stirs up all kinds of sin in our life. When all we do is constantly crave what others have. James says we become jealous. And when we become jealous, those evil schemes start to come into our mind and heart. How can I get that? Those schemes never. Honor God, so be careful. If that's what Satan is using to distract you, make a change, church. Recognize it and make a change. The third thing, the third danger is this. It's, it's really simple. Coveting can destroy your life. Can destroy your your life. You ever heard this quote, this phrase about sin? Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. You ever heard that, church? Is it true? It's true. And coveting will take you down roads that can lead to your ultimate destruction. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 9 and 10, but people who long to be rich, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evil, and some people craving it have wandered away from the true faith and pierced themselves with so many sorrows. Let's Listen to the Word of God. Let's read this passage of Scripture and believe what it says. We all have stories. I personally have stories of people that I know that their lives are ruled by the almighty dollar. And people that I know have done evil things to scheme, to get money, wind up in prison or worse. Now you think, well, I just went really serious, but this is serious. It can take you down a road that you never thought you would go. And let's go all the way back to the commandment where it says, don't lust after your neighbor's wife. Walk across the street and commit adultery and tell me that your life won't be destroyed. Coveting can destroy your life. Children of God, be aware of what God is saying in the Tenth Commandment. Remember, He's putting us on the couch, and He is begging His kids, be content right now. Be content. So that's the question for us this morning, church. Are we content with just God? Are we content with Him and only Him? Psalm 119, 36 and 37. Psalmist writes this, Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Could this be our prayer this morning? As we've looked at the 10, have we looked at the 10th? God, are you enough? Help my heart not to lust, crave, covet anything else other than you. Church, as I opened up, the 10 have been a blessing. Some weeks easier than others. But I'm so thankful for the word of God. I'm so thankful for all of the word, amen? Let me pray for you this morning. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all of it. It's all good. It doesn't really matter what we think of it. It's good, all of it. And God, I pray that we would be a people, this church, we would cherish every word of it we would obey all of it thank you for the law and God it's done I believe exactly what it says in the book of Romans it shows us how sinful we really are and that we really need Jesus Jesus so God, I want to praise you for sending Jesus, the one who fulfilled the law, the one who destroyed sin, had victory over it. We thank you for him. Thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus. Help us, God, as your children, as we pursue righteousness, as we pursue godliness as we elevate the word of God in our lives each and every day help us God to be more in love with you each and every day thank you for Jesus we ask everything in his precious and holy name amen